Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Beyond Sunday, a podcast where Pastor Mike and I uh, talk about living the Christian life beyond Sunday. My name is Jonathan Sams. Uh, I'm excited to be able to talk to y'all today about the topic we're going to dive into. But real quick, if this has been helpful for you, uh, we would love for y'all to share it with a friend. Um, if you have questions, we love answering them. Uh, send those in to Pastor Mike at imageatl.com. Send an email. We're actually going to talk about a question today, and that's where we get into our topic for today. I think it's super interesting and super applicable to a lot of stuff that's been going on in the church. And so I'm just going to, Pastor Mike, I'm just going to read the question real quick and then we can go from there. Yeah, so we have a question from a listener who says, I have a friend who has a uh, religious trauma and has struggled a lot in faith. How do you talk to someone who claims to be a Christian, but has written off things like reading the word prayer and going to church after a traumatic experience? Mm. There's a follow-up question to that of, do you have any advice or comforting words for people who have seen a dramatic turn or shift in a friend who used to be a quote unquote committed Christian but now responds to the gospel with strong negative feelings and has not necessarily renounced the faith, but seems apathetic uh, to it all. I think maybe a a good way to summarize our first diving off point here is it sounds like there's some sort of hurt associated with Christianity. The term church hurt has been thrown around. So what would you say about um, how to talk to someone who claims to have church hurt and seems apathetic to Christianity because of what they've experienced in the past. Yeah, that's good, man. I think this is a really, really big topic for today because I think um, for the first time people are feeling the safety and the freedom to begin to unpack and talk through things that um, they've experienced that now they're realizing was really hurtful for them and, and those kind of things. And so I think it's a very important thing for us to talk about. And it impacts, you know, everyday life as you're engaging with people and you start talking about, you know, gospel conversation, Christian conversations immediately. People oftentimes project their church experience over any kind of spiritual conversation. So, yeah, I think it's a very, very valid question. And I would say this. I think the first place to be, um, the first word of counsel and, and even caution, I would say, is don't speak first, listen first. And, you know, part of listening is validating the feelings that the, that the person's having, because those feelings are real. Whether or not the reason why they were caused, you know, you can debate those kind of, but the feelings that they're currently expressing uh, or, or acting out of, those are legitimate things. Yeah, so parse that out, though, because I feel like what if you're on that flip side and you're, you're a Christian and you're listening to someone with church hurt? And you're trying to empathize with their feelings because what they're feeling is real. But you also know what truths you believe about the church, about uh, Christianity. doesn't mean that you went to the church that they experienced this in, but you know the truth that has been distorted in their hurt. And so how do you navigate that to be able to empathize but also not compromise what you believe about church and Christianity? Yeah, you know, you can validate somebody's feelings and also disagree with the causation, and both those things can be true at the same time. I think what happens is is you gain an audience when you listen first and speak second and say, hey, I want to hear, you know, talk to me, tell me more. And, and also as you're listening, you're gleaning for information as to why these feelings were invoked. So if somebody's like, man, I've experienced trauma in the church or hurt in the church, and you're asking things like, so tell me more about that. Like, why did that happen? So one, you're meeting them where they are. You're showing you actually care about them. Uh, you're validating their feelings, but it's also helping you uncover the root of what's going on. Now, there's kind of two places the root's going to lead you. One, legitimate church hurt, which does exist, no question. It could be spiritual abuse. Um, you know, it could be lots of other things that are there that that are, are very hurtful and unhelpful. 
um, you know, that, that they're experiencing. Or you could realize that at the root, it's really uh, something that's, that's not in any of those veins. Um, it's something that has to do with consumerism, or uh, maybe it's a little bit more petty, but it's hit them hard. And so asking those questions and listening on the front end is going to give you clarity on how you're going to approach this moving forward. Okay, I want to throw in another dynamic of kind of those two different variables when you're listening. The question that was asked was someone who claims to be a Christian. And we talked about this on a past episode about treating people who are Christians like they're Christians, and you address that differently than someone who isn't claiming to be a Christian. So in the context of the question, it's someone who's claiming to be a Christian. Does that change the, di- the, the dynamic of how you would approach uh, speaking or empathizing or shedding light into or probing with that person? No, I think the same thing that we just talked about would be applicable. And here's the goal, right, is you want to help the person see that there is no perfect people and there's no perfect church. That never justifies what's happened to them, especially if it was wrong or sinful. But what it does do is keep you from projecting onto other local bodies. What we've experienced is a lot of times when people come in with church hurt, there's a tendency to project previous church hurt onto the new church. Or the other side of that is you have uh, um, uh, outrageous expectations for this new church that you're a part of. And so what you want to do when you're engaging folks like this that claiming to be a Christian, been hurt by the church, and so that church hurt has created these different avenues of apathy or whatever else, is you want to know what happened, you want to know why it happened, uh, and then obviously if it's sinful, you address that and validate that's that's absolutely wrong, that shouldn't have happened, you know, etc. But if it's something that's not there, it's like, man, if the expectations are too high for a local church, like I think the expectations when I say too high means that if you're if you're looking for the perfect church or the perfect people or to experience the perfect amount of care every time, that's just not going to happen. Is that the goal? Yeah. I mean, would I love for us to be the perfect church? 100%. Would I love for us to practice things perfectly every time? Without question. But just the reality of that actually being able to play out is really difficult. And so people understanding that um, helps give a little bit of a perspective as you press into these areas. Yeah, but what about, I hear that 100%. What about, though, if you've got someone sitting in front of you, like right now, we're sitting across from each other, And you're telling me you've been hurt by the church, but you're telling me, Jonathan, I am a committed Christian. I believe the Bible. But then you look at me in the same vein and you say, but I don't want to pray. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to go to church. And my inclination is I I 100 percent believe you've been hurt. And whatever that hurt was could could be or is 100 percent sinful and wrong. And I can validate that. But at some point you need to hear like, hey, man, you need to come to community. You need to read the word again. You need to pray. Because if you really believe that, that's what's going to help get you out of this. But but it seems like, uh, from what I see, is when you encounter people that are hurting, you try to do too much too soon. And it's a, it's a, a process over a long period of time of listening, empathizing, and then slowly dripping in, hey, you need to get back here. Hey, come join me in Christian community. Or would you say yeah. it needs to be more immediate? No, no, I think you're right. I think it's a process, and you're dealing with two things, right? There's there's whatever the church church, ha- church hurt has led to as it relates to practices, so apathy and things that you mentioned, lack of prayer, lack of whatever. Then there's just church hurt. I'm hurt emotionally. Um, I mean, I, I feel these kind of ways, right? So you're parsing through two categories. I think if you deal with the church hurt first— and you're able to talk through, you're heard, you're validated, we recognize this, or, hey, I want to press on that, there's no perfect church, this seems like a gap in this, this, and this, then you're able to kind of eliminate that and move to the next part of this and say, okay, because we know that anything that's a, that's a lack of activity 
is, is is a gap in identity. And we've talked about this a lot, right? Like right activity yeah. leads to right activity. So so we can address this now from a different perspective, moving kind of away from that's some good. of the church elements, and we can dive into, okay, if you don't want to pray, that's not the church's fault. That That's an internal problem as it relates to your identity. So now we can start to probe in that space. But if we just jump over kind of some of the things that have happened to them through the church, and again, I want to be very careful if it's something that's like spiritual abuse or physical abuse, like those things need to be dealt with very seriously, um, and they need to be dealt with in the in the in the most biblical manner. Confrontation, confession, you know, all those kind of. We're, I'm, I don't think that's the question. I think this is more of a question of man. I've just the church has failed me, uh, is what it seems like, and I think that's where a lot of people are um, in in most cases. And so once you can deal with that and process that and feel, let them feel heard and validated, and then probe and press in certain areas, now we can dive into okay, you're experiencing apathy. You're blaming it on the church. Is that a scapegoat? Is that a straw man argument for something bigger that's going on inside of you? Because it's very easy if you think about this. When it comes to the Christian life, if there's somebody to blame and you don't have another person to point to, the, the church is an easy place to kind of cast your blame to, to hide what's really going on inside of you. And we want to ask heart questions that unlock what the reality is. We want to get past the straw man. Yeah, get past the straw man while still sitting in the legitimate hurt that can and does happen from churches being run by sinful people and doing sinful things, right? No question. Yeah, and so that, that comes to the flip side of the what-ifs of, say, um, maybe you, you're someone who has experienced church hurt and you used to call yourself a committed Christian, or maybe you have a friend like this, and that's the second part of the question, where you're a person who has seen a dr- dramatic turn or shift in a, a friend who used to be a committed Christian, who used to call themselves a Christian, who would walk the walk, talk the talk, so to speak, but now responds to the gospel and to Christianity with strong negative feelings um, and hasn't like come out and said, like, I'm an atheist or not a Christian anymore, but seems to be apathetic and seems to be modeling that with their life. How would you navigate it with that person as opposed to the person who still claims to be a Christian? Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the challenge is to, right, and I want to make sure we, we caveat this because it's important for this conversation. When we're talking about the church, part of the reason we end up in these situations is we're viewing the church as an organization and not an organism. And what I mean by that's really important is that if we're looking at the institution of an organization and saying, I have problems, right, uh, with that organization, we're, we're missing that it's, it's bigger and more than just the organizational backbone or the infrastructure that exists. In other words, um, we've got to have a better robust view of what the church is because then we can start to pers- parse out what church hurt is. Because if you're just saying, I've been hurt by the church, are you talking about pastors? Are you talking about staff? Are you talking about people in the church, a community group leader? Because the church is way more robust than just the organizational infrastructure. And so why that's important is we also recognize that you are an ambassador or representative of the church. So as you know, the person writing this question is engaging with the person that's in the situation, she's an ambassador of the church, and it's important to let the person know that's been hurt by the church, hey, I'm also the church, right? And I'm here to help. I'm here to meet you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to press you. Like Those things are really important in these, in these conversations as well that help us parse through this because, again, there's, there's very real, to your point, church hurt that exists, and I don't want to undermine that. And there are some, like I said, there's categories of spiritual abuse and physical abuse that are unacceptable and need to be reported and, and actions need to be taken, no question. The, the other side of this is unmet expectations. And these unmet, unmet expectations can often lead to a pushback from anything as it relates to the church. 
what I've found is, to get to the second part of your question, when you're able to personalize the church to somebody, it begins to change their perspective. In other words, I'm able to say, hey, man, you're making these accusations about the church. I am the church. You are the church, right? Like, and so when you're talking about these accusations, like that's not true because I'm sitting here with you now. I'm in your presence now, mm-hmm. right? And so you begin to work from that dynamic, which begins yeah. to shift things a little bit. Yeah, so what if, say you do that and... Uh, in this scenario, I'm the one with church hurt, and I say, "Listen, man, like, I'm just the the gospel. Yeah, it works for some people, but based on my experience, like, it's not for me. If that's me, like, your approach, like, it has to change. And so, you would have to talk me through what it would look like uh, for the church to come alongside someone who doesn't is is unable to see it in the moment because of the hurt that they're experiencing, right? And it gets into a very tricky question of like, is this person still a Christian? Were they ever a Christian? Are they a Christian? And where, where are they at? How would you navigate that scenario or that conversation? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good one. This is where the, I think the rubber meets the road in a lot of ways of um, where people start to push back from the church totally. And um, I've seen people do this and, and not return. And I've seen people do this in return. So I, I want to give you hope that I have seen people return from this, but Um, The way that it's happened is by them seeing a healthy view of what the church is that comes from the people that make up the church. And so it's a it's a rallying of the local church, which is a group of people, not an institution, not an organization, but a group of people that are committed to Christ and one another together and the mission of the gospel coming around this person, them seeing a glimpse of something different. And part of seeing a glimpse of something different is also owning and acknowledging the places where we've failed, where we're weak, where we've missed. Um, this is the beauty of the church, is we can experience unity in the midst of situations that have not gone well. And we see, you know, Paul jockeys for this often in the epistles, unity is a massive piece of the local church. I think the way that we're able to have unity is owning the imperfections of the church, and it's through owning the imperfections of the church that we're able to hold up the perfection of Christ, who's the one that unifies us. Again, that doesn't justify anything that's happened to anybody, but it does keep people from projecting continuously onto the local church. Yeah, I think, I mean, it sounds like what you're saying is the church has to do the same thing we talked about last week, and that is identity should fuel the church's activity. Like if the church views it themselves as a group of people, broken and sinful, just like any other person, because they are, and that they are redeemed by the gospel, the gospel that says that Jesus lived the life they couldn't, died the death they deserved, and then rose to life, and then now they get to walk in that, and then with that assumption, that can fuel their activity. If that's the starting point, then they're able to then help people who are hurting because it's an understanding of who their identity is first. It's not, you know, a a global organization. It's not a global uh, political party. It's not a, uh, a, even a United States thing. It is a local group of people who are redeemed by Christ that have that identity that are now trying to walk in that daily. And there's some grace in that. Um, And like, like you said, there's stuff that needs to be addressed legitimately, like physical abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse uh, that should be addressed legally if needed, uh, appropriately, always. And so uh, it sounds like what you're saying is identity fuels activity for the church and for individual Christians, and that that fuels how you would respond to someone who we're not really sure if they're a Christian or not anymore. They seem apathetic, but that there's still hope uh, for that person if they can see a glimpse of what it looks like for a true group of believers to, to love on them well. Yeah, I mean, and and yes, you nailed it on the, uh, on the hit the nail on the head. I think part of it, too, is helping people understand that 
that expectations cater experience. And if your expectations is that the church is going to be perfect and it will never let you down and you walk in with that kind of mentality, then it is going to hurt really bad when they, when they do let you down. Again, that doesn't excuse the letdown. You know, Matthew 18, we address those. You know, we go to what's happening. Um, and then for the person that's been hurt as they go to somebody else, you know, you look at Jesus. He meets each individual exactly where they are, and then he bridges to the gospel. And we want to do the same thing and allow the gospel to shape the individual's perspective on the local church that gets at their identity. And that begins to help them see it's not the, it's not the church that manufactures these things for you. It's the transforming power of the Holy Spirit in you that produces these things through you. And so it's really important to parse through. And that's why I say it's a big question. You've got a couple of different dynamics, too, that I think is in, in, you know, that we need to really clarify of there's church hurt where you've left a church, you're at a new church, and now the new church is dealing with the church hurt, right? But then there's also like, I'm at a current church, I've been hurt by this church, and now I'm walking through. Those are both just, and then you have also like, you're not a Christian and you're going through. So it is a very robust yeah. piece, but at the end of the day, it comes back to there's no perfect churches. The church will fail you. People will fail you. Christ is the only perfect person. He's the only one you can put your hope in. We need to practice as as individuals within the church that make up the church. We need to practice confession and repentance when we do fail, and we've got to pursue unity at all cost. And those are the things that have to be our, our parameters, and we've got to see when somebody's hurt, we need to acknowledge that. We need to walk through that. We need to press in that. But, but if it comes to the point where it's become a distraction to this individual's sanctification, we've got to start asking more questions. And it could be that the church hasn't come around them well. It could also be that this is a scapegoat for something that they're going through, and it could be something that's more robust, like depression, that needs professional counseling, licensed counseling. It could be something as simple as um, sin in their life or lack of presence in their life or uh, bitterness that they haven't let go of when maybe the church has come around them. So again, it's a very big question. It's a very important question, but I do think there's different categories that exist within this specific question. No, for sure. And that's why, once again, I feel like this comes back to being able to find a healthy local church for this listener or whoever's listening to this, maybe dealing with people is to not just for the church, the person that is hurt by the church that this listener is trying to walk through with, but also for the person that is the Christian trying to help this person that's been hurt. They need a, a Christian community and a local church and cr- to, to help guide them through it too, because it's a, it's like you said, there's so many offshoots that this could go and we don't have enough time to hit all the different ways that this offshoot uh, could flow. But we do know one thing, and that is God's people is one of the ways God helps individuals walk through tough situations. You know, you you say it all the time, God's word, God's spirit, and God's people. And I think that's really important, too, to hit on where, and not just for the person who's been hurt, but also for the Christian who's helping this person, representing the church, walk through this. It's super important that they're plugged into community, plugged into the Bible, plugged into God's spirit to be able to help be the hands and feet of Jesus in that moment, right? No question. And, you know, I do think it's important to acknowledge, like you said, and, and we've been talking about the different spaces that this question could bleed into. Because it, it's hard for us to do a catch-all answer to this. Right. But I think what you said is the nail on the head as far as what our goal is, what we want to do, what we want to be about. Um, I also think, you know, some of it's practical in the sense of a lot of times we think if we've been hurt by the church, um, it, you know, 
we just have to be careful. We, we paint with broad strokes when we're hurt, right? Hurt people hurt people. And so what ends up happening a lot of times is a hurt person paints with broad strokes over the entire church and can either end up hurting indivi- other individuals in the church outside of that space, or there, there's just so many ways this can go. And so I think we've got to um, keep some things in check. We've got to ask the right questions, um, and we've got to make sure we don't paint with broad strokes. We've got to try to narrow down what has specifically hurt you, and let's deal with that specific thing. Now, if we figure out that it's an unmet expectation, well, now we can work, you know, again, toward the gospel of saying, like, hey, everybody's going to not meet your expectation. This is the beauty of Jesus, who always will meet your expectation. Um, if it's, again, there's a drift spiritually, we've got to say, why does that drift exist? Is it because you're, the church has hurt you? Like, you, you know, if that's really the case, then I would almost jockey for either, A, find a new church if it's that distracting to you, because um, your spiritual growth is, is of the utmost importance, or B, what is that lingering issue that you, that's left unaddressed or, or let, left unreconciled um, that's causing these kinds of feelings in you that's causing you to drift because what can happen is if you distance yourself from the local church because you've been hurt by the church yes that can lead to things like apathetic tendencies because what we see in scripture is the church is uh, the thing that helps fan and fuel us toward things like reading our bibles and prayer and things like that so oftentimes it's isolation that's existed um, that's led to some of these apathetic things so some it's just the challenge to be present again or or actually have the boldness to deal with the specific issue, because it's not the church at large. It's one or two or three or four people, probably, that have done something. So see the church as something bigger, address the issues that are at hand, and run toward unity as much as you can. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like that's a great summation of this, and I just want to reiterate, when you say the church, we're talking about a local group of believers. That's right. You know, a local group of individuals uh, that are trying to pursue Christ. And so um, I think that's super vital. And I know that uh, that's where your pastor, your church can come alongside both individuals in order to counsel them towards Christ even more. Because ultimately, to to your point, uh, Pastor Mike, it's all about the us getting to a point where we can all pursue Christ and grow in our sanctification. So whatever produces that more, and I will say just we don't have time. to. Maybe we'll dive into isolationism in another one in regards to Christian faith, but uh, just my one-off is I've seen a very poor track record of Christians who have fallen yeah. out of community and out of church for long periods of time. Very poor track record on them pers- continuing to pursue Christianity and Christ very uh, poorly, and maybe we can dive into that in another episode. But I hope and pray that that is not the case for this listener's friend or this listener's situation. Um, I pray that uh, that hurt would be alleviated through the gospel and that uh, this listener would be able to share the gospel every time they talk and be able to walk through them and empathize and hear the pain whilst continue continuing to walk with them towards Christ. So um, I hope this has been helpful for you. If it has, once again, please share this with a friend. If you have follow-up questions about this topic or any other topic about walking with Jesus daily, please feel free to email those to us at pastormike at imageatl.com, and we'd love to be able to answer those questions. Answering questions is one of the best one of our favorite things to do in this podcast. And hopefully it's been one of the most helpful things. So uh, until next week, we look forward to talking with you. Uh, Have a great week and continue to walk with Jesus. And we'll talk to you in the next one.